No, no. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Tabletop Sessions Podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week, Hippocrates, who won by a lot if you count the legal votes only, and Byron and Dima. <laughs> Who actually won if you actually follow the rules? Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Dima here. Hi, guys. This is Zippo. Hello to our listeners in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> hi, guys. It's Byron. I was going to say, how come you're speaking English? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rare example. Byron, I hear they opened up South Africa recently. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. I can I can actually leave now. Uh, I'm not stuck here. Not that not that I was gonna yeah, leave anyway. You go, it's yeah, probably gonna be in lockdown. That's the issue. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I had the money to go anyway. But the fact is, I can go, and that's what's important. Yeah, um, like Sergio's been trying to get Elias to go to Chicago. Yeah, Sergio's in Chicago for about a month. Yeah. And. Um, I wonder he, why he Elias hasn't gone yet. There was no quarantine, no nothing. And he's like, just come over for the weekend. I was like, yeah, a weekend there. And then two weeks of quarantine when I come. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got stuff to do. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, so we're, we're kind of in lockdown as well. But um, not as bad, I think, as what's happening in Europe, which, of course, was all the fault of the French. Agreed. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in Canada, it's all the fault of the Quebecois. So there's a common theme. If you speak French, you're causing long periods of. <laughs> Do you hear that French Guinea? <laughs> Damn you, French Guinea! <laughs> you all, you French Guinean and Beninese people. <laughs> Are you blaming my friends in Burkina Faso now? Well, <laughs> listen, in Ghana, we're like an Anglophone country. Literally surrounded by like four francophone countries. So strange. So we're, uh, we represent, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, the world falling apart and governments that don't function properly. <laughs> Anyone gone to like been to trial lately? <laughs> no, no. Like, we, uh, anyone sue anyone lately? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think he, he's brought up a lot of cases, but I don't think. Any of them are being actually taken to court. <laughs> anyway, speaking of that, um, me and Dima have been playing a lot of uh, a game about politics and legal proceedings. Yeah, we've you... been playing High Treason, the trial of, L I don't know if it's Louis Riel or Louis Riel. It's probably Louis Riel. Louis Riel, okay. Um, it's a game published by Victory Point Games in 2016 with a second edition in 2019, which is the one we own. 
It's designed by Alex Berry and art by Tim Allen from uh-huh. Home Improvement. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> by, by the way, what art? Like, <laughs> there's very little art in the game. Uh, uh, maybe those those little like um, headshots. Yeah, of, it's the little uh, headshots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tim Allen is a portrait portraiture 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 portraiture. Okay, who is this guy? For those Ooh. of you that haven't heard of Louis Riel, shame on you, okay? He is... Check your fucking privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so in the 1800s, apparently, um, he led first a peaceful movement, then a, like a resistance movement in Canada for the Métis population. So, so he was and, a terrorist. Yes, exactly. Yes, so, he fought against white people. That makes him a terrorist. Uh, exactly. So yeah. the, re- the reason I haven't heard about this guy is because everyone knows European history is the best history. <laughs> Shout out, Ricardo. <laughs> um, so, I'm so glad we do inside jokes on a podcast that goes out to a bunch of people who won't yeah. get it. <laughs> Uh, I guess our listeners are used to us by now. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately for Louis Riel, uh, he they, he actually lost the trial, and uh, he was found guilty and hung. Um, and uh, the like, the resistant movement was crushed by the Canadian armed forces. So, um, we played the game, and it's a two-player game. One side is uh, it's the trial. And one side is the prosecution, one side is the defense. Um, so the first time we played, I was the defense. And uh, just just to replay history, you know, uh, I I lost. Because <laughs> she me, was doing it me, for accuracy. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, I just wanted to feel like how how it actually happened. Okay, not because I was terrible at the game. So the way the game works is it's five rounds. Wait. Also, the second oh. time we played. She was the prosecution, but she also lost just because she wanted to see what would happen if it wasn't uh, like history. Exactly. History. Exactly. <laughs> so the first time Elias was playing for the queen. Yes, yes, I was. Yes, he was. He was a bad person. Um, <laughs> when oh, is also, Elias ever a good person? Important point to note. Out of here, man. I think uh, I think was it Trudeau or recently Louis Riel was pardoned? Oh, I think it was before Trudeau. Before? I think okay. it was Harper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pardon? So, uh, by, by, so Canada has rectified its actions since then. What, Ipo? I, I'm confused now. I mean, at that point, Canada was a British colony, right? Yeah. So basically, um, before that point, um, they were, they, they, there was this um, like fight for the rights of uh, natives. So like they were rulings in the favor of natives, but Métis population weren't being considered. Métis were not being considered native because they were a mixture of native and, and white. white. Yeah. So what was happening is they were not getting the uh, the rights to land that natives were getting, mm-hmm. and they were not getting the privileges that white people were getting. They were so, sort of left so out. So they were sort of left between mm-hmm. the two of them. So the Métis, which is the mixed population, uh, were not basically had no land rights and, and access to ownership of anything. Now they it was they were apologized. They apologized in '96, okay. so this was before 
mm-hmm. Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically released a bill to revoke the conviction of Louis Riel, who was mm-hmm. hanged for treason. And uh, so basically, not that it did much, he's still dead. But, <laughs> but at least he revoked. At least they're recounting. But like, now to say they that killed they him for wrong. no reason. <laughs> This is just some white people logic, right? <laughs> it's but okay. We, we, we made a bill revoking it, but he's dead. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we wrote a bill. <laughs> but there is a symbolism behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're white. You get it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand everything. <laughs> but I am Mediterranean white. I'm white without the guilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay. Oh, so back to how the game works. Um, so the game is actually played in five rounds. And the fifth round is the closing statement and the verdict. So um, every round, you get seven cards. You play five cards and then you keep two aside for the fourth round. So you're kind of building up your hand um, for the fourth round. Elias, feel free to uh, jump in at any point. Okay. No, I just want to say one thing, which was, yeah. it's not like that. I mean, it's not, uh, Dima oversimplified it because this is one of my favorite things about the game, which is why I want to jump in. The first round is actually jury selection. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. They're, they're not all the same. So, Oh, the, yeah, I like that. In the first round, you have like, there's there's 12 jurors, and you're going to be dismissing between the prosecution and the defense, you're going to be dismissing six of them. So there's actually going to be only six jurors by the time you start the trial, which was one of the shams mm. they did in the actual thing, which was a ridiculous trial, six jurors for a uh, treason case. Anyway, the point is... It was, yeah. The po- Sorry, go ahead. No, that's my favorite part of the game. Like Yeah, the, the jury the dismissal jury is amazing. Yeah. So good. Then are the they, next two... Sorry, go ahead. Are they all uh, white males? Basically, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, then the ne- there's there's an issue with that. Yeah. Then the next two rounds are what Dima was talking about, which is the trial in chief, which is where you're bringing witnesses, mm-hmm. lawyers are arguing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then the fourth round is the closing statements. Mm-hmm. Then the fifth round, the jury has now gone in for deliberation, mm-hmm. but based on the amount of influence you put on the jury, you can now have the jurors convince each other while they're in deliberation. It's so good. So if you put enough con- like influence on jury members, they can go in and then convince each other that are similar to them. So farmers can convince farmers. Mm-hmm. Protestants can convince Protestants. Mm-hmm. And you can sway the jury even after the case has ended because of what you did before, the amount of influence I, you put on them before. It's I don't so think good. I've ever played a game with this much domino effect. Like... It, if you plan it right, you can literally have like a domino effect where one juror influences the next one and then that juror influences someone with... Okay, so there are three different characteristics that you look at in jurors. So there's religion. They'll either be Catholic or Protestant. And then their nationality. I don't know. If it's no, nationality. no, their language. Their language. British or French. English. English or French. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's language. like the British flags. <laughs> and then, also the English flag. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, a profession. They're either a government worker, a farmer, or a merchant. So, so yeah. So, like, either, like, rural, you know, administrative, urban, 
or like a merchant, which is sort of its own class in, in this regard. And and throughout the game, you're putting your your tokens on these jurors, so either prosecution or defendant tokens. And depending on how many tokens you have on them, you can either lock them in, you know, to to know that they'll be vouching for you, uh, for your side on the fifth round of the game during deliberation. So, um, but there are certain cards that give you abilities and influence tracks that you can move along the game that give you ability to to create this domino effect. So it says, like, if you've locked in this juror, then you can add one of your tokens to a juror that has either similar religion or similar language or similar profession. And the more similar they are, the more they can influence each other. So during jury discovery, you're learning more and more about the jurors. So if you find out that, oh, this group of jurors are very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. You want to try to keep as many of them in as possible and then influence those categories. So if you get one of them, that dude can convince the rest of the English-speaking farmers who are also Catholics, you know? So uh, that's the cool thing. So the, the first round applies significantly to the fifth round. You know what I mean? So it's like discovery, then you do your thing, and then what you discovered and how you acted will sort of sort itself out in the last round. Very cool. Because um, like the first round, it goes back and forth. So I remove a juror, then Elias removes a juror, then I like it until we remove six jurors. So it's fair in that way, but you have to be strategic in who you keep and who you remove. And um, there's one thing, like this game is only, what, a 45-minute game? Exactly, 40 but to 45 But it minutes. is the most, like, it's such an elegant design. Like... Every action matters and contributes to the end of the game. Like, it's it's really, really great. So, like, on my turn, I can choose to influence a juror or uh, use my card to do another action. And that one token that I didn't put on a juror could be, like, what made me lose that juror at the end of the fifth round. So, is it, ma- is it mainly area majority... Uh, no, it, it's a combination. So yeah. um, there's area majority, but it's more like Twilight Struggle than Asian majority, which is you can't, you, you know how in Twilight Struggle, when you're influencing an area, you're either adding your influence or you're removing someone's influence because only one mm-hmm. color of influence can be, it can either be blue or red, right? It's the same thing here. So with the jurors, you can either remove influence that the persecution, say I'm the defense, Say the prosecution has put, I can remove those or I can add mine. But other than that area majority, it's also, it's also, sorry, it's also increasing the value of each aspect. So say, you know, um, you know that there's a bunch of Catholics or whatever. You want to increase the guilt perspective that every Catholic will see. So in, if to every Catholic... No, 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 you, appear... cannot, you cannot increase. Uh, they will commit suicide if they're Catholics. <laughs> okay, Catholics are a bad example. <laughs> so like you want every farmer to see things in a way that it appears more guilty to them, right? So you're arguing to, to the perspective of farmers or Catholics. So you have each of these things, Catholic, Catholicism, Protestantism, English, French, and the three occupations, they have a track, a guilt track. Mm-hmm. And so let's say this this uh, juror is a Catholic person and the, the the on the Catholic track, the guilt value is eight. They're going to have 
contribute eight towards their guilt. Oh, I love it. The I love every it already. Every track goes up to 10. Exactly. And they can be multiplied if you've completely convinced, if you've maxed out a juror. And they can be halved if the defendant completely maxes out a juror. So, so defendants wants to wants to keep that track, all the tracks on the lower end. Yes. And then prosecution wants to. And and basically, like, there's a couple of requirements. Like, you need to get guilt evidence presented, guilt level to a certain amount. Otherwise, the case is thrown out. But other than that, if you do that, which isn't hard to do, the, the there's a guilt number that you have to reach. So, if your guilt number is a hundred and over, you win as the prosecution. If it's ninety nine or lower, the defendant wins. So the defendant is just trying to keep that guilt level just under 100 so that they're going to be able to uh, to win that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's great. Um, so basically the cards you play um, on rounds two and three um, will, that, that's when you decide how much you want to dedicate from your actions to manipulating the track versus manipulating the jurors. Um, the thing is, on round four, when you're doing your deliberation, um, there's a lot of opportunity to influence the jurors then. But you're talking so, about strategy now. Yeah. Like, you can actually influence the juror at any point. Yeah, that's true. But the tracks, two, three, or four. Yeah, but the tracks, I feel like in the end of the game, it's not as easy to manipulate anymore. No, you can manipulate them. Yeah. It just makes less sense than manipulating the jurors because if you've saved um, lawyers... Uh, attorneys, sorry. Oh, yeah, they're the attorney round, cards. Yeah. Um, they're really powerful. So if you've saved attorneys for the fourth round, the main thing they can do is convince the jury. So thematically, what you're doing is, in rounds two and three, which is the trial in chief, you're presenting evidence that's swaying the different perspectives. But in round four, you're delivering attorneys that are delivering emotional speeches that are moving and swaying the the minds and the hearts of the jurors. So thematically, it makes a lot of sense that an attorney would be able to affect a juror much more than it would be able to affect an aspect of evidence. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you liked versus didn't like about the game? Yes, yeah, I share mine. I love the time. I love that it's 40 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. First time we played, it took like an hour. But since then, it's taken about 40, 45 minutes. And um, I really like the elegance of the game. I like that you use the same cards for each of the four, the first four phases, because in the fifth phase, you don't use cards. Um, so basically, every phase, you get to save two cards for the fourth round closing statements. So every round, you're looking at your seven cards, and you're deciding how valuable is its action for now versus if I save its action for later, because there's different actions for different rounds. So you're deciding from turn one what your final round strategy is going to be. Yeah. I like that you can sway the game even at the end if you've prepared properly for it. Mm-hmm. So basically, if if you've lined up your dominoes, as Dima said, it was a very eloquent way to put it. If you've lined up your dominoes, even if you enter round five with someone else winning, if they didn't prepare for round five, they could lose the game. And I believe that's what happened to you twice in a row. Yeah. Um, is that in round five, like I really think about which two cards I'm going to save. And I think about them in combination with everything. So by the time round four is over and I've played those cards, I'm ready to like tip one juror over and have the entire fucking uh, thing stack. That's my strategy anyway. Like, I feel like you can only manipulate the aspect so much. If you, if you, if you manage to really, really, really manipulate the aspect, there's nothing they can do to the jury that's going to save you. But 
I don't believe, like, if you do just enough to stop them from maxing out the aspects, to keep them around in the middle, most mm-hmm. of them, if you get a, a jury that's neither, that's not convinced in either direction or convinced in your direction, they can't win. Yeah. If you keep a relatively neutral jury and you do just enough to stave off the aspects, and as a defense, either you max out uh, insanity or as the prosecution, you max out evidence of guilt. I think there's very little they can do unless they, I mean, you did a really bad job in jury selection and they're all sort of the same in, yeah. in three aspects. Yeah, so, I like, I think, yeah. So the main thing that I love about it is it's short, but everything is interconnected so deeply and every action you do from the first round to the fifth is connected to each other. Nothing you do is just a thing that, oh, I just did this on this turn. It's all part of one strategy. It's literally, if you think about it, you're holding a sword and you're swinging it down the entire way. The more you put behind it, the more momentum it'll have when it finally hits the target. But it's literally one movement. And all you can do is sort of control that movement down as best as you can because your opponent is going to be trying to shove you out of that momentum. And if you can keep the momentum steadily going just enough, you'll make contact at the end. So I really like the game. I really recommend it. I think anyone who likes that style of tug-of-war game like Twilight Struggle or Versinda's Vok or anything that requires, you know, moving up and down on a track. And more importantly, anyone who loves, uh, legal, like, court cases. Like, if you're super into, like, Serial, the podcast, or uh, Truth and Justice or whatever, and the, the legal system is something you're interested in, I think this game provides a lot of insight into a very basic but deep understanding of it's not shallow it's it's basic like it doesn't go into a lot of detail but the stuff that it goes into is deep how much jury uh discovery matters how much jury dis- uh, selection matters how much having similar people on a jury means that stuff outside of the evidence provided is going to convince one another mm-hmm. all that stuff is pretty amazing it gives you a very nice understanding of it and it's a small game it's not expensive I recommend this game like like with all my heart. Me too. Like I I don't think I would ever agree to trade it just because No, I ain't going like, anywhere. When when you think about it, it seems very simple. It's just prosecution, defense, and then it's only a two-player game, so it you just keep going back and forth between those two characters, but there's there's so much strategy in this game and there are so many different ways to manipulate like your case and and i feel like like elias said like that dynamic between defense prosecution and jury is is so like nicely represented in this game like i don't want to say well represented because i don't know how (laughs) uh trials really work but um thank goodness i'm not a lawyer i would be a terrible one uh but it like yeah, the game is very elegant and the way like so that chain reaction wasn't in my benefit because I didn't have a long term strategy. I was kind of looking at my hand, seeing what's the best thing I could do that turn and then putting two cards on the side for the last turn. So I, th- I think like, every time you played, you never utilized your attorneys to their maximum potential. Well, yeah, like, I remember the last time we played, you were the defendant. No, you were the prosecution. Yeah. And in the persecution in the final, the fourth round, 
they play three cards, then the defense plays six cards, then the the, the I prosecution have the last plays three word, cards. Basically, you yeah. played your attorneys in your first set of three cards. So then you could. Play then I responded to, undo, to them, and I yeah. thought, if she has like attorneys in her hand now, I'm I'm fucked. But it turned out she didn't have any attorneys in her hand. <laughs> so uh, when you play your attorneys is significant. I think you're still trying to figure out like when to throw these attorneys in because they really make a huge difference on the outcome of the jury. Yeah. And and I think for me, like I was focusing like on a few jury members and bringing their aspects down on the guilt track so that they, they're on my side. But um, it just it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to focus on a few things like you really have to keep like a middle ground in the whole game with juries and aspects. This and is a two, swing. Yeah, the two player game, right? Yeah, it's a two-player game. Is there a way to play to play two versus two or something? I mean, you could just make decisions together, but yeah. it'd be super annoying. Yeah. Um, I would like to see this game applied to other historical cases. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, take the same system, modify it a little bit um, to, to reflect a different legal system. So mm-hmm. this reflects the Canadian legal system. Let's mm-hmm. do one that reflects the French legal system and do a trial of, you know, Maximilien Robespierre or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then just keep that going down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a, a really cool system for anyone who thinks this theme is cool. I get if you don't think legal proceedings are interesting or you don't care about the legal system in your country or in any country historically, I don't think you're going to find a lot of joy in the game. Like, I think you'd be better served with other games, but because it reflects so well the legal system and the legal proceedings. If you find that interesting, I, I recommend this game. So. Yeah, I totally agree. And but I'd love the to see more. The theme really of them. comes out, definitely. Yeah. Has this designer uh, designed something else? Nothing. I was shocked. He's a good designer. He needs to get and on new, it. And it's a new game. I think once we tag him, I think once we tag him when this episode comes out, he's really going to be inspired. Yeah, with, with our huge listener. Base. <laughs> Well, um, that was High Treason, the trial of Louis Riel. And um, hope you guys get it. It's a really, really fun game. So talking about historical events, uh, <laughs> a while ago, like I, actually not a while ago, I mean one or two years ago, I have seen this game about the Greek Civil War. And it, uh, it's a game uh, with, you know, with... Uh, Art from the 80s, it's, you know, it's not very popular, not very, not many votes in uh, BGG, but the theme it is very interesting. one rating on BGG. <laughs> not many is... Ippo is being nice. <laughs> was okay, it rating I, by Ippo? No, I hadn't noticed that it was just one rating. It was the designer rating. and it was an 8 out of 10. And <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't know if it was joking. the designer. Okay. I had, I hadn't noticed that it was just one voter, and that makes a difference in my story. I'll tell you why. Uh, because at some point, I decided to buy it as a gift to myself. <laughs> what, what, what's it called? What's it for called? my birthday. The, the name of the game is Andartes, which uh, in Greek, it, uh, it's the revolutionaries. Uh, during the uh, actually after the Second World War, so uh, I saw in the board game geek that the the game is best as solo, 
and also playable uh, with two players. And I was thinking, okay, uh, we have a lockdown. This is the right time to get a solo game. Let's get it. Uh, also, Lena, my wife, promised me that if I buy the game, uh, if I buy the print and play version of the game, she will make the tokens and she will print the board. And actually, she did. I bought the well, game just for She did, well. she did yeah, a magnificent job. She did a really job. good job. Yeah. Uh, it was very lovely. I, I bought the game <laughs> just for fifteen dollars. I just want to point out that including shipping. People sent me the link, and he was like, "They also have a game about Lebanon. You should buy it." And I was like, "Ivo, I don't know the like. There's nothing about this that makes me think this is going to be good." And he was like, "No, it's great. They have great ratings on BGG." And I was like, "Okay, you do it. You do it. And if it's good, I'll do it." And I only say this because I think it applies to Ipo's story at this point. <laughs> I, 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 I also have to interrupt because while I'm looking at, at the game on BGG, um, so the community has said that it's best with two, but it, BGG has said it's best with none. So <laughs> let, let that sink in for a minute. Okay, so I was saying that I bought the game for $15, including shipping from Canada to Greece. Okay, which is amazing. And of course, then Lena made an amazing job. And then also at some time she wanted to make an insert and she made a wonderful insert. I was so happy because now all the tokens are uh, in place and I can store the game vertically. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. I get the, I get the game. I, I try to learn the rules. This is one of the first games with asymmetric missions for the two factions. Because the designer was also later involved in the design of the and the evolution of the coin games, so that was one of the things that attracted me in buying this game. By the way, you can find pictures of the insert and everything in Board Game Geek. I uploaded them, so my yeah. wife will will feel proud. They're the only pictures of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, go on, Ipo, go on. So I so I get the game. I start reading the. Oh, I'm looking at the picture you posted, sorry. And uh, someone wrote, she must love you very much. (laughs) (laughs) That that was her birthday gift to me. (laughs) That's a pretty good way to get a cheap gift then. It's nice. So, exactly. (laughs) But but it it takes a lot of time. So, it really means something. Anyway. It does. But I like things, items. Uh, I'm, I'm very shallow. You're very <laughs> material. I, I was going to say materialistic, but uh, I'm, that, I'm sh- that shallow too. materialistic person. <laughs> oh, great. You gave me your time. Oh, what the fuck am I going <laughs> to so, so, guys, I get the game. I'm excited. I'm start reading the rule book. The rule book is very, really heavy and tensed. And uh, I guess all war games are like that. But this is my first, actually, war game. And I'm trying to see where is the section where it, it says where can I play solo this game. And there's no section. So I'm starting posting rule questions in the BGG forum about several issues. And the designer, Brian Train, is actually responding really quick to my questions. And I was so happy. So at some are point... Are you guys best friends now? <laughs> Uh, we we are we we're not gonna be maybe after this podcast I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at some point I'm asking, okay, how do I how do I solo this game? Is there an <laughs> AI? Do I miss something? These are my exact words. Can, can I can so, I be Brian? Can I be Brian? Yeah. Okay. So 
Ipo, ask your question. So how do I solo this game? Is there an AI? Do I miss something? There are no special rules to play solitaire. No AI either. I don't like those things. There is no hidden information in the game. Just play both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, exactly like that. So I'm, I'm staring at my screen. And I couldn't believe that. <laughs> Staring at uh, I mean, I was reading again and again. I mean, I was thinking, okay, is he trolling or something? And the funny thing is that I check with other wargamers, and it looks like it's a common thing between wargamers to play solo the war games by playing both sides. So I didn't know that. So people are crazy. <laughs> 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 Actually, the, the, the reason that I wanted to share this story is just for this, because I want new gamers that want to try war games to know this. Uh, and, okay, otherwise, it, the game is really good. It's a, it's a really very good simulation of the Civil War. The guy knows this, the history behind it. Uh, of course, the game is really heavy in rules. It's, it's really a simulation. Maybe it's not heavy for war gamers, I don't know. But for me, it's very, very heavy. Uh, it, it will be very, 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 very difficult to find another play, player to play against, to play two players. And I'm um, one hundred. mean you play war games, Ipo. What do you mean this is the first war game you ever played? Like, we played Fields of Despair. We played You're right, yeah. Sekigahara. We played... Um, although yeah, Sekigahara is a lot lighter. This you guys play Hannibal? Okay. And Hannibal, yeah. Hannibal. Compared to this rulebook, uh, these games sound like uh, backgammon. Even Fields of Arl? Not Fields of Arl. Um, fields of Despair? I mean, Fields of Despair yeah. has rules for like aerial maybe, bombing and the line. You're right. Yeah, maybe it's, it was well written. Maybe that was the difference. Maybe. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But this has, I mean, each faction has like many, many missions. Uh, also, we played all the coin games. But yeah, like so, even, so it's even closer to make... a coin game. It's closer okay. to a coin game. Okay. At even if you feeling. make one of your famous like cheat sheets or like yeah i did like excel did. sheets it, 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 you still don't feel like it would simplify no, enough I, to get another person to play with you. i did uh, uh, an excel sheet and mm -hmm. uh, it took me like two weeks to, oh my goodness. to to learn all the missions okay i was not playing every day but every other day okay uh, i mean i'm 100 sure that i don't want to teach this game to anybody so the, if, if it is to play two players, somebody should come and say, oh, I know to play Adartes. Uh, do you have this game? <laughs> so, so it's... So there really are more, best none. There are more chances, <laughs> there are more chances to uh, immigrate to the United States, get a citizenship and become the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what if I was there? If I was there, do you think we'd play it? You think you could, you could teach me? I think I wouldn't put you in that uh, torture. <laughs> I, if you Damn, wanted to man. do it, if you want you're saying it's a good game. You're just saying it's really hard to learn, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't like the historical background like I did, uh, I think it will be a torture to, to somebody else. Do you think that's it was harder to learn than Pax Renaissance? Oh, that, that's a good question. No. The, uh, oh... <laughs> Man, what are you doing now? <laughs> well, Pax Renaissance had the, the impact of a very good game in the end. 
who who's kind kind of heals the wounds that <laughs> learning <laughs> learning the rule book that the, the uh, torture of learning the game yeah, caused le, let in our bodies right so uh, while this one it's very heavy and uh, at the same time it's not such a good game I would say of course it's not compared to Pax Renaissance but it's not a bad game. Uh, and the funniest thing is that yesterday I realized that when I was checking in a BGG recommendation that is best at solo, that was based in one vote. Mm. <laughs> Which is, means it's the only person that's played the game. Yeah, so there was solo. one. Exactly. So there was one person. And, and that was my sad story. So you'd basically recommend it if they find the subject material interesting and they're willing to get through a very hard set of rules. If, if if those two things are okay with you, at the end, you feel like the game is, is good. Like, you'll enjoy it if you love the material. I'm going to say it's really, it's highly recommended to uh, people in a Greek historic uh, university. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so like 20 people. Okay. <laughs> you know, not so, far from my house, there's a retirement home for Greek people. <laughs> It's called the, in Canada, it's called like a Hellenic retirement home or something. Yeah. So I will, Oh, they uh, will love it. They will love it. <laughs> they, they will need like 10 years to, to learn the game, but in the meantime... I don't have, I, I don't have, meantime, have 10 they will, years. They don't have 10 years. <laughs> but now with the lockdown, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Ipo. <laughs> So that was my uh, story. My story was equally sad as the Greek Civil War. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this sad story. <laughs> Not everything can be uh, ended by a hangman. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Like, like, your, uh, like your terrorist. Like <laughs> I mean, your... Uh, is is he a hero... I mean that guy. Uh, what what was the his name? The Louis, Louis Riel. Yeah. Is he a hero now? Or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it depends on your perspective, right? Like, for me, yes. <laughs> I mean, are but, there people there that think that they, he's not? I mean, uh, I guess like, if you ask like a Trump voter, would they? Think? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like. Eh. <laughs> Let's be honest, a Trump fellow wouldn't know who he was. Exactly, yeah. So if you explain to them in a bubble who he was and said that he fought for the rights of indigenous people and mixed people, he would they would definitely not like him. So so you know, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. But um, you know, those people are crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> All apparently right. there are only seventy three Million of them, oh, just, <laughs> just south of us. <laughs> but I, it was the first time in my life I've been scared of what's directly under me. I was like, seventy-three million people said, maybe I'm not racist, but racism isn't a deal breaker for me. <laughs> like, I, like I'm not, wow. I'm not a big yeah. fan of that as a as a brown man. <laughs> or as not, a human being. No, as a brown man, I'm scared. Like, <laughs> what is the closest uh, state? you uh new york probably ah you're gonna be fine you're gonna you're fine (laughs) thank you and i have to say and that was a dartist the greek civil war (laughs) thank you ipo (laughs) we're not going off track at all very insightful (laughs) speaking of voting blue 
2020 <laughs> has been a very dramatic I like year for that. many of us. I like that. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> With with COVID hitting the, the Australian forest fires, you know, the list of disasters goes on and on. But two gems came out of this year. Number one is Fall Guys, a video game which is essentially gladiators on st- in Teletubby suits. <laughs> which you just run around, knock each other off platforms, try to get to the finish line. Great simple concept game, doing really well. The next gem that came out is Among Us. Why, why is Among Us so important? Well, Among Us is actually pretty much just a hidden role board game. You have a team of 10 players that all get assigned a role randomly at the beginning of the game. At begin- When it's the action phase, players have to do what, they ha- what their alignment says they must do, and the traitor's trying to kill them. It's pretty much the exact same as Avalon as a secret Hitler, just slightly different rules. Wait, how many traitors in 10 uh, players? You can have two traders with 10 players. Oh, okay. Well, you could have more. That's the beauty of the game, is that you set your own rules with this game. It's, it gives you the structure of the game and tells you, okay, traders can do this and crewmates can do this. But after that, you're on your own. You can do whatever the hell you want. You don't have to even do your activities. You can just run around watching people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no rule saying that you have to actually finish the game. And that's what's so nice about it. I've been in okay. games where everyone's worn a flower on their head. So, and we would always vote out whoever wasn't wearing a flower on our head. I've been in games <laughs> where we've all swapped our color identity. So if you're a blue player, your name would be black or white or red or whatever. So when they're voting, who are you going to vote for? Well, <laughs> now, now things get a little confusing. Why are you playing Among Us? I am playing Among Us and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I mean, my, do- my daughters are playing. I mean, they're like, I thought it was a, a children game. No, but no. like even my colleague at work, like, yes, yeah. on Friday we were heading out and I was like, any plans for this weekend? He's like, yeah, going to play Among Us with some friends from Boston. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hitting huge. Everyone yeah. My brother actually works um, as the marketing manager for um, a Among video Us? gaming company. Uh. Oh, not okay. video like and <laughs> video and gaming on, company once oh, a week that, when they have their staff meeting that should be very successful they play among us <laughs> they play oh, nice. a video game and then last nothing week they gets staff among closer us. together than accusing each other of being traitors yeah <laughs> his boss actually Jacques. actually killed him like twice in a row in two <laughs> games in a row <laughs> i want to work in a video game company <laughs> yeah sounds great i feel like uh, he's reached his life dream <laughs> But you cannot kill your boss, can you? I mean, it would be inappropriate. But how likely is it for the good guys to um, win? When I was in my last company in Qatar, before we came here and I started doing the uh, voiceover gig, we, uh, me, me, my team and our boss, we had a very competitive relationship, let's say. So um, whenever we had to pick staff activities, we'd always pick stuff like, you know, archery tag, you know what I mean? (laughs) Or like... (laughs) Or like paintball, you know, stuff like that. And then we'd go out for drinks. But as soon as my boss would walk onto the pitch, everyone would just turn their arrows <laughs> towards them and just whack whack, whack, whack <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, he, he had a rough uh, first couple of minutes when he first walked up. But we had a great time. So, yeah, I would totally. He's the first person I would kill. <laughs> my boss on an Among Us game. 
But that's the point of Among Us. It's it's just to have fun. It's not there's no goal other than to just do whatever you want and if you want to kill people, go for it. Like there's nothing stopping you from just not doing anything or doing everything. And so that's I have a what question I like about for it. you, Byron. Um, I really enjoyed Project Winter, which is yes. another game that's it's a bit more complex than Among Us, but the idea is you're you're stuck on a planet and you're going around and you're trying to not a planet like an icy area and you're trying to fix a radio tower, but one of you or more of you, one or more of you are traitors, and you're trying to get everyone to die, and we had a really good time playing that, especially when we discovered what happens when you die, which. If you haven't played it, I'm not going <laughs> to spoil it for you. It's a great surprise. And also, like, the system of different colored radios. And I had a really good time that day. Uh, yeah. This game, whilst not similar, has a similar basic concept. So how would you recommend? I know Among Us is free. No, it isn't. Yeah. It's $5.69. No, it's free. It's free, uh, free on your mobile. It's oh, On okay. Steam, it's like $5. Like 5 bucks. So if there's no reason to not get it on your phone because it's, it's free. It's like 40 megs. It's the easiest game to download. But like, how would you compare the two? I know they're not, one is free and one's not, but how would you compare them? So how I would compare them is Among Us is an entry-level board game. This is this is your uh, Settlers of Catan, your Power Grid kind of. Ticket to Ride, very, very simple, uh, straightforward kind even, of Yeah, even simpler like uh, Monopoly. Yeah. Or no, a little bit more complicated than Monopoly, but but entry level. But then the other game, I forgot its name now. Project Winter. Project Winter is more for your core gamers who want to just take that experience up a notch. Exactly, yeah. I, I totally like agree. I like and Ipo, like your idea of um, like your kids playing a game so it's easy is skewed because your daughter is like, they're we're gamers. playing games. Yeah, they're like they're playing games like Seven Wonders and. Like yeah, no, when they were like seven or eight years old, so less, yeah, so, yeah. So it doesn't uh, really count that your daughters play the game, so it's Monopoly. You know what but, I mean? But I played the game with uh, actually the four of us, the family. We played the game uh, two or three times, and uh, yeah, we realized okay, me and Lena of course lost, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the kids lost. <laughs> No, of course we didn't know where to go, what to do. I mean, it's uh, they were voting against us. That, that's that's the <laughs> other thing. That's a very important aspect of the game that you can have teams voting against other teams even without knowing who is the um, traitor, right? Yeah. To be fair, in Project Winter, uh, I didn't yeah. realize there could be more than one traitor, right? And I was the traitor, and I somehow. I didn't realize why I had a walkie-talkie because I had a red walkie-talkie, which you have if you're the <laughs> traitor. And I just go, like, anyone hear me? And Hamad heard me. And I was like, come this way. I need your help with something. So apparently that means we're both traitors because we both have the red walkie-talkies. But not knowing that, he came. <laughs> like, I scored him into a little room and I start beating him to death with like a shovel <laughs> And he's screaming on the other side because there's a proximity thing. People can hear you depending on how far they are from you. And he was saying, he goes, we're on the same team. We're on the same team. Did you kill him or did he survive? No, no, I stopped in the end. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) 
As, yeah, so you, you can definitely have that in, in Project Winter as well. That's how you should introduce your assassins to each other if you hire them. <laughs> That's why in board games they say, werewolves, open your eyes <laughs> and look yeah. for other werewolves. Yeah. In Among Us, it's even simpler than that. Your loading screen just shows you, oh, it's this other person. Great. Nice. All right. <laughs> no, but the other way is way funnier. It's way funnier to almost yeah. kill Hamad. That's hilarious. I, I, loved how in, I loved how in Project Winter we all turned into rabbits, and now I knew Hamad was, was a traitor, so I followed him as a rabbit and I beat him to death <laughs> <laughs> in rabbit form so no one could finger me afterwards and be like, when you're oh, it was Byron. <laughs> I just, again, I don't want to spoil the surprise for anyone who plays it for the first time, but the first time I died and then immediately looked around me and Byron and Sergio were there, it was one of the funnest moments I've experienced. Also, first time we ever played the game, really enjoyed, Sergio was just learning the rules, so accidentally threw like a flower at me, and so I killed him. <laughs> I thought he was the trainer. <laughs> and he was just running, so... It's just so fun because, especially when you're starting, even though they teach you the rules, they don't really teach you all the rules. So there's <laughs> yeah. a lot to do as you go. And I, I really, I really yes, enjoyed that. A but flower the guys, is very uh, threatening. Well, you throw it at me. No, you throw stuff at people, you're going to get hurt. Exactly, you get hurt. What is the reason we are comparing this game with a board game? Is it because it's the basic concept is like Avalon or... Uh, I guess the basic concept is like a hidden traitor game, right? Werewolf. So, yeah. Werewolf. Yeah. Where, I mean, I guess Among Us is like Werewolf and Project Winter is like Battlestar Galactica, right? Yeah. So you actually have to accomplish something, but there's also a traitor. Whereas in Avalon, it's just about the traitor. I find these great. I find that these are actually great gateways to board games. And especially nowadays with people using Zoom for everything, it's, yeah. it's really a cool way to go from, you know, playing these games to playing, uh, you know, actual games with friends around a table because if you're doing it on zoom let's say you're playing project winter and you know you're actually talking to each other and it's a lot of fun it's not too much to be like hey guys why don't we just go online and play spyfall you know and then that's that's another step into board gaming so uh, happy to see things like that taking over and literally everyone playing the game yeah it's, it definitely makes it easier to to bring someone into the board gaming community oh you haven't played board games but have you played among us same thing, exactly. Oh, nice. Mm. Sneaky, cool. sneaky. Very cool. <laughs> and so speaking about things that we're all pretty terrible at, like uh, hidden trader games oh, such no. as Among Us. <laughs> it's time for Seriously? the gay show of the week. But... <laughs> Is that your introduction to us being terrible at the one game of the show of the week? <laughs> we're amazing. Mm. In the game show. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> Welcome to the Game Show of the Week. I'm your unwilling host, Elias. Today, we'll be playing Mysterious Game because Dima didn't have time to prepare a Game Show of the Week this time. Seriously? So, 
Yeah, seriously. Wait, no, it- no. It's because I didn't have time to prepare a game for the previous episode. We didn't but, do a game show. But then we episode. did. But we had already decided so you that you were gonna do this one. You were being lazy. So then, so then <laughs> this, uh, uh, this okay. agreement just got postponed to this uh, episode. Uh, that's how that works. <laughs> okay. Oh. So yeah, Ipa, if you don't have time to do your Hippocratic corner, apparently just leave it. And then I can do it last minute. It's not like I'm on a deadline to, to deliver this book or anything. <laughs> and I, I don't have feel... time to play this board game uh, of, the, of the day, of the week, so I'm out. And because this is a real-time guessing game. This is not a real-time guessing game. It's such a real-time guessing game. This is not a real-time guessing game. It is. I'm not. It's my game. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just feel like it, it would have been like, yeah. Guys, how, do we, how do we play this real-time guessing game? Okay, so this game is called Mysterious Game, and it's not a real-time guessing game. <laughs> so you, uh, I don't know. I was led to believe it was. <laughs> I know, but that's called uh, false uh, fake news. But basically, it, there's no timing. That's the main point. I mean, it is in real time in the sense that it's set within it's reality. It's a real-time guessing game. It's not a real-time guessing game. <laughs> do, you, do you guess in this game? Yes. In real time. Okay. Yes, you do. Do you, guess, do you guess in real time? I'm her own stuff talker. So maybe oh. you guess in fake time. No respect for the game show host. It's basically the game twenty questions. Okay, but this game's gonna have an asterisk. Next but to I it. don't. I don't actually care if you take twenty questions. <laughs> the point is, I'm gonna give you three games one at a time, not to each of you, to all of you. So I'm gonna say, okay, this is the first game. Go. You're going to ask me questions to try to narrow it down. So the basic idea with um, with 20 questions is I'm thinking is, of is Fidel it, is Castro. It on Earth? And you say, exactly, like were words. You say, is it on Earth? You'll ask questions as a group. The person to guess it gets the point. So oh. hence could, the, the real The worst time. case scenario is not real time. <laughs> hence the, the guessing part. <laughs> the worst case scenario is that it's a three-way tie, in which case I do have a tiebreaker game. So we go three to four questions, and the winner is the winner. What if it's a three-way tie of zero? <laughs> is there still- then we go to the fourth, and if you still don't know it, I'm the winner. <laughs> no, 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 no. Elias can't win again. <laughs> He's literally the host so that he doesn't win this game. Yeah. <laughs> Dima came yes. up with the idea for the game and then said, do you think it's fair? And I said, I'm probably going to guess it. And then she's going to be like, okay, you host it. So oh. the, the, the other question was, I told her, Dima, if I asked you, let's say the game was feudum, and I asked you, you know, because it's all yes or no questions, and I asked you, does this game play five? Do you know the answer or do you have to check it? <laughs> and she's like, I have Feudum to check does it. play five. I know, but she goes, she, goes, she goes, I have to check it. So I'm like, so you can't yeah. host this game. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> Like, I would need to study a week in advance for the three games that I select just so I make sure I cover all ends. All right, do we Jensen. Have, do we lady. have to make the questions one after the other? No, no. Take your time. I don't like, care. Oh. Also, okay. what is amazing, guys, is that I, You're now, amazing. I now see uh, your uh, both your point of view. I mean, it's really a, a real time, but it's not real time. <laughs> it's real time, though. It's, it's real time. No. <laughs> I mean, it really makes sense now. Yeah, this game is already going to take forever, so let's just jump into it. You have and no confidence. Your first game enough. starts now. Is it on Earth? Uh, maybe. 
Does it reflect oh. real life activities? No. Is it a two-player game? Yes. Is the theme fiction? Yes. Is it in top uh, 100 uh, BGG? <laughs> no. Is, wow. is it leaving Earth? No. How is that fiction? <laughs> Dima, you Whoa. believe that the, the moon landing was real? <laughs> yeah. It was faked in the studio. <laughs> on, a flat, on a flat earth, Dima? Really? Guys, keep going. You're not getting anywhere close. Um, th- does it involve um, ogres? Yes. So, okay. Um, what? Does the game have factions? Yes. Is it Lord of the Rings? No. Lord of the Rings. No. Uh, um, is it area control? Ish. <laughs> D- does it have gods? No. Is it based on a novel? No. Is it uh, based on any movie, like no. series? Uh, is it Small World? No. How is did it you co- get from? Is it? Is it have ogres? to not knowing what it was. Anyway, is it? Is it the co-op game? No. Is it World of Warcraft? No. Oh. That would be based on an IP. Oh yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so it's not based on an IP, and here's another. Um, is it the area control game? Ish. I already answered this question. Really? I think yeah. we're running out of questions, aren't we? You sort of are. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Uh, Does that so count as a question? Is it war? Yes. Is it a war game? <laughs> uh, I'm going to start answering with a bit more detail because you're not. It's it's not a war game, but it is a combat game. Is okay. it Twilight Imperium? No. <laughs> is it Kemet? No. Uh, uh, are we? She just asked. Are you guys paying any attention? Because <clears throat> it's not. Sorry, it's not going to work if you don't listen to each other's questions. She asked if it had gods in it, and I said no. And then oh, I got yeah, asked if right. it was if it was. Oh, and I also got asked if it was on Earth, and then I got the question: Is it Twilight Imperium? Ah, <laughs> like, uh, you're right. You're right. Is it right. is it Aeon's End? No. Is it a deck building game? No. Is it? Do you want a hint? Is it yes. in your collection? Yes. Okay. Byron, you're not allowed to type. Keep your hands up on the screen. (laughs) Uh, I'll give a hint. It involves spatial patterns. Is it the game that uses the pen? No. Nice nice guess, though. That game's called Golem Arcana, by the way. That's a good one, Byron. Is it uh, uh, the Four Gods? No, there's no gods. No gods. That you question can't. has been asked three times. Really? Okay. If is it, it involves uh, gods? <laughs> is it? Um, I have no idea. So let's recap what we have here. So okay, yeah. it's a two-player game with spatial patterns. It does not. It's not a war game, but it is a battle game. It's based on a fictional idea, but not an IP. And it's based on Earth, but not reality, not real Earth. Is, is strong, and there's no gods in it. Is, this, is Stronghold like, is it humans? It represents humans? Stronghold is has it, humans, yeah. Is it only two players? Mm, it's, it's built as a two-player game, but it can be extended to, to, to three and four. But it's not built to be a three or four-player game. 
I think the ogre thing threw me off. And it did have yeah. ogres. Yeah, me too. Because no it can't what... be a GMT right, game. Your next hint. Oh, we also said it has factions. Is it a GMT game? It is not a GMT okay. game. Your second, your second hint. Is it Terramistica? No, it's not Terramistica. <laughs> your second hint Too is clear. that, guys, your second hint is that you can buy factions to add to the game. Oh. oh. Is it wait, Tashkalar? Wait, yes! Oh, wow! Tashkalar! Oh, finally. One Whoa, point for Bar. We haven't spoken about that game in so long. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I should pick easy stuff that we talked about yesterday. Yeah. yeah. That's you, so you could, good. If you could start with Catan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well done, Good Byron. job, Byron. For your first we like are terrible like at I got this one game. point at this. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say good job, but yeah. All, all you need is one more point, Byron. All right. But. It only took two hints and me giving you a lot more information. <laughs> I was literally about to say it's designed by Vlada Khvatel. I just hope someone figured it out. That it, starts with a, it starts with a T. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, third, the second game starts now. Ask question. Is it designed by Vlada Khvatel? No. <laughs> is it uh, based on real life? Yes. Is it a is war it game? Is it set on Earth? It's not a war game. It is set on Earth. Is it a GMT game? It's not a GMT game. Is it Memoir 44? No, That's... I just said it's not a war game. Oh, I thought you said it is a war game, but I got yeah, confused. I thought you said it is a war game, yeah. I literally said it's not a war game, but it's set on Earth. Oh, it's okay. set on Earth. Because both of you were asked, yeah. Of the same uh, yeah, I couldn't. Follow. Are there miniatures in the game? No. Is it an area control game? No. Is it a real time game? No. Is it co-op? No. Is it a worker placement? Yes. Is it a euro? Yes. Is it Can designed by Stefan Feld? No. <laughs> Can you play it with six players? No. Is, Is it, it about trains? No. Is it designed by Uwe Rosenberg? No. Ah, is it Tigris and Euphrates? No, <laughs> it's a worker placement game. <laughs> you said it's on Earth, right? I did. Is it Kanban? No. It, uh... Does it? Is it? Does it reflect a job? No. Is it? Is it's it... not about dwarves. <laughs> is it a fictional Earth or actual? Earth? No, or actual Earth. Is it about farming? No, but That's there is farming job. in the game, but it's not about farming. Is it viticulture? No. I was going to say that. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Ipo asked if it was real time. It is not real time, but time does have an impact on the game. Pendulum. No. Kitchen rush. No. no I just said it's not real time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> is it Trucarian? Anachrony. No. no. Oh, that doesn't But that represent. was a good guess. Yeah. But that's not on Earth. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's all in uh, Time stories. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it Sherlock Holmes consulting detective? No. Does it have animals? No. Can you harvest anything? Yes. Can you harvest grapes? No. Wheat? No. <laughs> Can you harvest pigs? That's so no. specific. What the hell can you harvest then? Corn. Uh, oh, no, you can't answer that. Is it Puerto Rico? No. Oh. All right, second hint. One Archipelago. Of, no. 
one of the things you can collect resources in the game is made out of plastic semi see-through blue oh, items. AK's you, game. Euphoria. No. No, no. The one uh, where you can turn things. Is it Everdell? Um, no. No, no. Damn it, what's that game called? Uh, Istanbul. No. No, it's like circles. Stop guessing games. Ask and questions. Then, then I missed it. No. Um, okay, so it's characters right. have different abilities in the game. No. Let's oh. review what we just talked about. Because <laughs> you guys don't seem to be... Fun. See, this is another problem. If I was in this game, we would have figured it out. But so, worker placement game where time has an aspect where you can collect corn. How do you guys not have this yet? Based on Earth. Farming is in it, but not the main point of the game. And it's and not over. Collect blue semi see through plastic tokens. <laughs> I'm stumped. All right, let's do Wait, one is more. It, is, is it historical based? Yes. Historical. I'll give you one more hint, and this is the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel stupid. Does yeah, you else should. <laughs> It's in South America. South America. Have I played it? Yes, you all have. I have never played a, a game in South America. <laughs> you literally Don't just say. played Teotihuacan. Is, is it Ink and Gold? No. Is that a worker placement it, game? It is Zulkin. It is Zulkin. Oh, wow. Well, wait, where, oh where are those blue see-through tokens? The fucking skulls. The you skulls. skulls. Oh, that's not really oh, a token, though. It's yeah, that's not just a shape of you, a skull. This is the problem. That's not the problem. This is a worker person game that involved time. Your choices were Anachrony and Zulkid. There was nothing else. <laughs> Wait, what well, was, was the game that I was thinking about? It doesn't have worker place. I know, but what was it? What? The game with the circles and the blue, the blue see-through tokens. It's called um, World of Smog. Yes, World of Smog. We don't have it anymore. Uh, I think I feel really stupid after these two games. And, <laughs> yeah, me too, guys. I'm feel, so glad I, I don't feel... participate. In well, games. there's no way for any one of you to win, and, so we're just going to go ahead and do the third one. And I feel this is Elias's fault. <laughs> I think the easiest games I could think of. All right, all right. We're just doing the third, third one game. for fun. It doesn't just matter. Byron's one. Let's go. Third game. Start asking questions. Is it on Earth? Yes. Is it a farming game? No. Is it historical? Yes. Is it a GMT game? No. Is it a, a like ancient history no. game? Is it a worker placement? No. Is it a war game? No. Is it a role playing game? No. Is it a deck building game? No. What? What's left? Uh, what is it a Fidelecland game? No. Is it area control game? No. Is it in Europe? Uh, yeah. Is Virgin it a world, Queen. World sort of. based game? No, is it Virgin, Virgin is in Europe. <laughs> yeah, no. but you you were struggling. That's why I was thinking. No, yeah, but he is, said not GMT, it, not war. I'm not sure where you you start in this game, but it could be Europe where you start. I'm not 100. percent I mean, I'm pretty sure where you start is part of Denmark. Is, <laughs> is it? Is, is it, it Walcatas? Is no. it Northwest Passage? Yes. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm pretty sure you start in Greenland, don't you? In that one? Anyway. I don't know. 
Whatever. I think you should start from... I was from, just uh, thinking of games with maps. And that was the game show of the week. England. Epo with a strong zero-point showing. Dima <laughs> with one point coming in second place. And your winner on the one week that Elias is not part of the game <laughs> of the week. I run he around. shines bright like a diamond. Byron by Reezy the Barracuda. Frank. N no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I won by a lot. Elias, <laughs> 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 it's all It's okay. We'll, 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 we'll put an asterisk next to this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no asterisk. You won fair and square, Byron. Congratulations. <sighs> Congrats, Byreezy. Congratulations. You, you, are, uh, you are better than me and Ipo. And might I add, you will... Ipo's been scouring Elias's game collection for a, for a week now. Yeah. And Dima lives with Elias. Speaking so of that. And I own that game collection Speaking with of that, <laughs> It's you time might for the have... Hippocratic Corner! Welcome to this Hippocratic Corner. This week, we don't have a top three. We have something Aww. that we think it might be interesting. It might be not. Uh, a friend of us sent us at some point a link for a website, the dissector.nunesandro.com. I was really hoping you would figure it out. I was sure that you wouldn't call it dissector. Because it's dice and then C-T-O-R, right? I thought you would come and say dice ketor or something like that. Oh, um, but you figured yeah. it out. Turns out you can speak English. You? <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> anyway, guys, this... I thought uh, it was like director. <laughs> this link will be in the episode description, I hope. It's amazing. And it's an amazing uh, thing that this guy in Portugal created. Yeah, what this guy created is that you go to the site, you upload your uh, collection from BGG by just uh, inputting your uh, uh, BGG username. And then the website gives you back an insight of uh, what you have done in your life. <laughs> with <laughs> How many times like you have... an hour on it. It was so interesting. Really? You did? Yeah, oh, just looking at like the result and yeah, because you know in the top thing you can like reorganize by price, most played, all these different things. Yeah, it, it's a heaven for people that like that like numbers for yeah. no reason mm -hmm. and like uh, ranking. They, when mm -hmm. when you want to like rank your games by cost or length or highest player count or whatever, or most popular. Yeah. So uh, in the in the in this website. And in uh, today's Hippocratic Corner, I'm going to uh, say many times the word community, community average, community rating. Uh, when in this website they're talking about community is the average of the people that have already been linked to the site. They have already uploaded their collections to the site. So it's not, when we say community, it's not the whole board game geek community. Oh, oh I didn't realize that. Thanks for pointing that out. We did oh. not know. No. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, thought it was a little high. Like, I thought the average weight of the collection was higher 
and the average size of the collection was higher <laughs> than BGG. Like, yeah, it seemed a little suspicious. So, so uh, when we're talking about community, we're talking about the real nerds of the board gaming, <laughs> <laughs> the, the people that actually went to the site and uploaded their uh, their collection. So by uh, comparing uh, your stats, guys, I just uh, highlighted some things that I wanted to discuss with you. Uh, one of the things is, okay, let's start from the average geek rating of our collection, which is 6.7 for uh, LS's collection, 6.7 for uh, Byron's collection. 6.7 is the community average uh, collection and 6.8 for my collection. So you're I'm a little better. nicer than other people. <laughs> or are you saying your collection is slightly better than our collection? According that's to the what community, it is. No, yeah. I, I was going to say my collection is the best. <laughs> Which is actually true, right? Is this why you wanted to change the Hippocratic Corner this oh week? <laughs> that was one of, the, one of the reasons. Uh, I knew it. Going to your average rating... It looks like Byron is giving an average of 7 to the board games, while I'm giving a 6.4, and Telias is giving a poor 6. Would you like so to I, talk about this, Elias? Why are you giving the, the board games a, an average of 6? Why are you? I, I have stronger feelings about games <laughs> than you do. Also, you guys didn't have to play Enigma Box, so... <laughs> <laughs> that definitely brought the overall average Because I gave that one like down. a negative 5, so... <laughs> I thought Enigma Box will push other games' ratings uh, upwards. <laughs> <laughs> I've given say, several okay. ones, to be honest. So yeah. The most underrated game, according to myself, is Wildcatters, that I rated like three points above what is uh, the community's average. And the most overrated game, and I only... Uh, count games that are uh, rated in BGG 7 or more. So for me, the most overrated game is Ticket to Ride, which <laughs> I gave it a 3. And in Board Game Geek, guys, I mean, I wouldn't believe it. It's 7.3. <laughs> I know, That's people love lot. that game. Yeah. I mean, well, who is doing that? I believe that quite well, but it's, it's, I, it's, I probably it's would rate it around us. I mean, I, I can only imagine people that have only played Ticket to Ride and going, going there and say, oh, this is amazing. Ten. Boop. <laughs> Bye. I mean, you say that, but like who's played more games than like the Dice Tower, right? And they love, they love Ticket to Ride. That's so true. For some people, the game holds Still? It. Till yeah, today? Till like, today. Whoa. I just hate it. I don't, I don't, like the first time I played it, I was bored. And then every time I played after that, I was bored. And it just. I guess I'm thankful because I bought it around the same time I bought Terra Mystica. And I'm glad I had Terra Mystica to show me the way of like what kind of game I needed to play in my life. I think it's hilarious <laughs> that like we had Terra Mystica and Ticket to Ride in the same shipment. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what was going on there? <laughs> Elias, uh, which one would you think is uh, your most underrated game? Underrated means that I rated it higher than the average. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is the most underrated game for you, I should say. I would guess um I would guess Wildcatters or uh, Renegade, maybe. It's Virgin Queen. 
Oh no, my number one. The game that everybody says you are overreacting when yeah, you're seeing. Yeah, but everyone also says Ticket to Ride is really good. So what do they everyone know? can suck my left ball. Like that's why they're not on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. That's why we got so, a so Elias, Elias, the host of this respectful podcast, gave to Virgin Queen a nine point five, right. while in reality is a six point eight. <laughs> you, okay, I'm going to ask you a question, Ipo. Is uh, Ticket to uh, Ride a better game than Virgin Queen? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my Sorry, case, the line Your cut Honor. There, the line cut. We lost. I mean, I'm playing high treason. Don't mess with me. I, know, I, would, I, know. I, I would throw to the ocean a container of Ticket to Ride just to save one Virgin Queen. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. So I don't I think know what that, else to that, say. That's your answer. And what's my most uh, overrated? I would your guess. Most... I would guess yeah. Pandemic Legacy. Exactly. Yeah. It's Pandemic Legacy, which is a, an eight point five according to the community, uh, but it's a four point seventy five. It's so overrated. It's so overrated. Like I can't. It's not overrated. Some people it's have a, so a basic. Like I just. Um, Dima, some people, <laughs> Dima, some people have a picture of uh, with the pandemic uh, legacy uh, on their head. By some people, do you mean right. you? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like that. That was for the root contest. Yeah, yeah we yeah. should have unfriended you then. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so the the other interesting thing in this uh, that I learned in this uh, website is that. Uh, the in the community uh on average people have uh, actually 20% of people's games uh belong in the board game geek top 100 nice yeah so one out of five games is the in top 100 uh which is actually true for byron who has 90% of his games in the top 100 i guess <laughs> Wait, sorry, 90 or 19? 19, sorry, 19. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. I have, I have 16% and Elias has 12%. Yeah, uh, it's, I, get wrecked. I, go, I go against the grain, you know what I'm saying? Get so wrecked. No, I think he, he really makes a research before buying a game and it shows. I mean, he, he, I he discovered, really he discovered many good games for us, I have to admit. I've rated everyone's favorite game, Pandemic Legacy, really low. And everyone has rated my favorite game, Virgin Queen, really low. So it makes sense that I would have the least in common with the top uh, 100. Also, I want to point outside out outside the 95th percentile. Dissector only looks at your current collection. The truth is, if you've looked at my previously owned games as well, I've yeah. owned maybe 90% or 80% 80, 80 and up of the top 100. Mm -hmm. And I just don't like them. Like, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, like, like Bruno Cathala. I think I've owned almost every Bruno Cathala game and I own zero because mm -hmm. his games don't mesh with me at all. So, but I always give him a chance. I always like it to try, but his games just don't stay in my collection. I play them a few times and I get bored. But also so, like some games in the top 100, like there's a game called Crokinole. 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 Yeah. And it's like flicking dick. Yeah, yeah, it's a very famous game. It's a dexter, and I'm just like, no, come on, like for the top 100 games Have of you all time. Crokinole? No. Okay. But so I you just can't comment on it. I just feel like <laughs> they're like, no, I don't know. Just uh, a one dexterity thing that... game cannot 
<laughs> be rated that high compared to other games. One thing that I should have said uh, for our listeners, uh, just to have a, a level of co- comparison in their minds, is that uh, Alias and Dima, they have 186 games in their collection. I have 79 and Byron has 32. Yes, but if you include um, previously owned games, I have 132 previously owned games. So that puts me over, yeah. that puts me at 310 or 20. So um, you have to understand that the bulk of games that I've gotten rid of is double the size of Epo's collection. So when yeah, I tell you that I've played almost the entirety of the top 100 and just given it all away or traded it or stuff, it's true. Like, I just don't mesh with what BGG says. And I think it's obvious because our podcast in 2020, when Bonfire just came out, we were reviewing High Treason. You know what I mean? And, and Andartis. Like, we're not exactly out there going, call to the yeah. new, let's go. We're the hotness. Like, we're the old people in theory of the board game thing. Like, our collections are older than most people's collections. Some of my games are from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, you know, if a game is good, I'm going to enjoy playing it. Like, it doesn't matter if everyone else is playing it right now. So I think the top 100 BGG, I really don't like what it's become. Like, when I first got into board gaming, you know, Puerto Rico and... um and Twilight Struggles were, were the number, Her Struggle were the number ones over time. And they were the number one for ages. You know what I mean? And the top 10 was pretty like, like this is the top 10. And, and I liked that. It meant like, okay, you could look at a top 10 and be like, that's solid. Now, every like two weeks, the whole thing is in flux. You know what I mean? Like it just keeps swapping up and down, up and down, changing. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of games on there that really just shouldn't be that high. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to shut my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Might might I also add that I only have 30 games because I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) But he has played hundreds and hundreds of games. Exactly. It doesn't matter how many games. I've also played more games than most people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's played more games from our collection than I have. That's true. (laughs) That's that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it's funny that you said we're the old people because uh, also I realized... I'm a board game geek member since 2007, which Damn. shows my age. Ellis is from 2014, and Byron since 2016. Yeah, and, yes, and I'm a, I'm very active on board game board game geek. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying. Uh, also, the the this website revealed that Ellis and Dima has have not played seven percent of their games, which is Oof. thirteen games. That's it. Not that bad. It's not that bad. I have not played fourteen percent of my game. Exactly the, <laughs> exactly the double. <laughs> and the funniest thing I learned from this uh, uh, website is that uh, the best value per play of my games is uh, coming from Carcassonne. <laughs> so <laughs> you played it like 50, 60 times. Yeah, I don't know how many times, but it yeah. says that I pay. I paid zero point seventy eight cents. Sorry, 78 cents. 0. Per game, per 0. 0.78 dollars per game of Carcassonne. That I, have I feel like Paypal had a completely different experience on this. 
I didn't see any of these stats. Like, well done. I'm really glad yeah. I sent you that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Ippo paid too much per game of Kyoko. For <laughs> no, for some reason, guys, it was th some stats were not there in your collection, like this one. Uh, it, it came out in my collection. It didn't came out in uh, yours or Byron's. Also, uh, what it said, and it's uh, interesting, is that the community average is $6.67 per play. So every time we're playing a game, on average, we're paying $6.67, which is not bad, right? I mean, no, yeah. not at all. So, so when you're designing a really bad game, try, try and make it around $15 so you, they get two plays out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be bad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so going to the heaviest games that uh, you have in your collection what would you think Byron is your heaviest game it was an acrony but I got I sold that to uh, me. it's probably now through the ages correct and Elias it says Arkwright but I don't believe it like I, oh I, really I, yeah somebody who's taught all the games like Feudum and Faction Renaissance are heavier than Arkwright. Undoubtedly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this I, is... Uh... I just think what it is is more people have played Arkwright and more people who are not, say, war gamers or heavy economic gamers or 18xx gamers. So they think this is so heavy. But if you've played an 18xx, Arkwright's like, eh, you know? Right, yeah. yeah that, that's correct. Like, even 1846 is heavier than Arkwright. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's based on uh, people's uh, opinion, yeah. This is why BCG doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and your lightest game uh, in your collection is Monikers for Elias mm. and Dima and Exploding Kittens for uh, <laughs> I have for no Byron. regrets with that <laughs> and the call end it <laughs> the reason I haven't I like told you meal, guys. <laughs> the reason I haven't told you my games is because I have the heaviest and the lightest game of all the lightest Prism game Monopoly. It's actually a, a gift from Elias and Dima, and it's high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, like, I didn't give it to you. Penguin. I gave it to your daughter. That's true. <laughs> oh. You put it in your BGG collection. Yeah. Then, okay, then you, you should like uh, deduct uh, should 15 games from my collection. <laughs> you should have you should been a lot more clearer when you handed the game to him. <laughs> this is not for you. It's for Talia. <laughs> But the heaviest game in my collection that you don't know about it, I guess, oh. is, I'm guess. is... And Dottie's. No. No? The Greek game. No, 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 it's not. It's going to be... He said we don't know about it. Yeah, because it, it, never, it never came to Qatar. Oh, uh, no way. Is it? Could it be yeah. the German election one? Uh, that's the other one that never came to Qatar because I couldn't find it and it was together with this one oh ALS and, ALS yeah advanced, advanced squad, squad leader. leader ASL sorry it's, <laughs> ALS is the the muscular dystrophy disease. guys this, <laughs> this game is so fun it's a war game from the 80s it has a binder of rules yeah uh, ASL is serious yeah, yeah and as uh, but then they, you say you've never played a war game when you play Andartes yeah, it doesn't make any sense game. anymore. Yeah, I've never played it. <laughs> <laughs> he just owns it. There's, there's no way to play this game. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a binder of rules. And 
<laughs> every edition, they, the, the reason that this is a binder is they, they uh, make new games with new units and you add uh, seeds in the binder with rules. So in a weird way, it's kind of like Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, I have never played Warhammer, yeah, but I guess it's like that. Honestly, uh, like I'm astounded by how many rules are in miniature games and like D and D style things. Like, there's a surprising amount of rules in D D for a game that's supposed to be simple to play. Yeah. Most people don't follow most of them, but like when I get there's, a new D and D player and they're like, "Oh, you know, this is too complicated," I'm like, "You play D and D? Like, yeah, uh, your rule books are literal books." <laughs> They're not pamphlets, they're books. Oh, man. But nobody, as you said, nobody's actually using them. I mean, <laughs> may, maybe in their spare time, you can get ideas of what you do. But yeah, if you are a good DM, you just need to That's be yeah. ready, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like to... we're, playing, we're playing the Savage Worlds campaign on StorySmiths. And um, I, 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 like, I watched five-minute explanation of the rules of Savage Worlds. And Eugenio just guides us through and he does a great job. So, as you said, you don't actually need to read all the rules if you're not DMing. So. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, I was taking uh, the most common category uh, in uh, your uh, collections, but in all of us, uh, it came out that it's card games or something like that. No, it's hand management. Which hand management, exactly. Because it's like every game that has cards has exactly. hand management. Exactly. So, that was not interesting. No. Uh, so I found what no. was most common category versus the community, which means that uh, Byron is uh, has movies or TV themed games nice. four times four times more than the average. I love in the community. Like, in the community, I love that. I love Epo. <laughs> <laughs> like he actually did this. Like, I mean. <laughs> Byron, why? It's it makes sense. Byron, like Byron, got Firefly for me because he loves Firefly. Yeah, I'm, I like I, I like theme. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if we compare our uh, what mechanisms we like, what categories we like, uh, version the community, Byron is for sci-fi and movies and TV themes. Uh, Elias is about uh, political and war games. That makes sense. Which yeah. Uh, I'm about political and real-time games. <laughs> you do have a lot of real-time games. Yeah. For and someone who doesn't have that many games, like you got a lot of real-time games. And <laughs> all of us, we are uh, for uh, economic games. That makes sense. Okay. By a huge difference uh, compared to the community. Yeah, no, they like you know, tickets to ride, so we should listen to their perspective. What is amazing <laughs> for me is that in the community average, there are, uh, on average, it's a uh, it's a collector. Has twenty seven percent in his collection expansions. Twenty seven percent. Yeah, we don't have any. I don't, don't log. Have... Exp I have expansions. I have a few expansions for some games. I just don't log many. them because I don't like rating expansions. Um, it's a weird thing, and then I don't like that if I don't rate them, then there are several games. In my collection that don't have ratings on them Plus, so what i, I do is if i have an expansion and usually i put the expansion in the main box anyway so i usually just have a comment next to it saying with x and y expansions and that's the reason you don't buy expansions it's because i have ocd yes and it hurts my <laughs> heart 
No, no. Okay, but but th- very few games. I felt like the expansion I'll, added. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I, I bought a lot of expansions in the beginning, Dima. But then what ended up happening was those games never came out anymore mm-hmm. because there was more stuff to explain. Yeah. Or I would have to separate out the expansion stuff, um, and then like it just became super complicated to to do. So what I do now is I tend to only buy. I'm not an expansion guy. So I tend to only buy expansions if they add, A, more factions is a big thing I like, and two, if it just adds more stuff to the same set of rules. So like the expansion for Zaya, it doesn't add too much that you can't handle. It adds like a little bit here and there. Yeah, like the expansion for Scythe and stuff like that. Exactly. Scythe is, is, I have the the different factions because they're just factions. But like if you have a game that says, oh, this is... For example, Kingsburg, everyone told me, get the To Forge a Realm expansion. It takes the game from being okay to great. We used to play the heck out of Kingsburg. I think that was the first game Byron played at my house when he came for game night yep. uninvited. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know your name I, that whole night. I, I just kept calling I, you Jason's friend. <laughs> I was invited, just not by By, by Jason, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Well, I didn't yeah. tell he could bring... Anyway, the point is... It was great. I'm happy that he did. The point is, once the Forge of Realm came out, I think we played the game twice, and then that was it. Um, it. Maybe it's a fault of the way that I approach games, and it definitely is. It just doesn't match with the way... Because my group, we don't play the same game frequently within a short time of each other. So what that ends up in is, you're either going to teach the base game without the expansions and then never get to the expansions, or you're going to teach the game with the expansions and it's going to be complicated for those who've never played the game before. Let me just clarify one thing. So everyone in the group relied on Elias to explain all the games that were happening on game night. <laughs> so yeah. Elias like already knew all the basic rules to all the games. So having expansions just added too much complexity. And uh, so we rarely played <laughs> expansions. And none, no one in the group offered to read the expansions. And No, explain. no, that's not true, though. For example, Twilight Imperium, right? I bought all the expansions for Twilight Imperium. We tried to play with all the expansion stuff, and we had a miserable time. Yeah, it was so bad. So I looked online, and it turns out most people are like, don't ever play with a bunch of these things. Just pick and choose what you want. So from then, I kind of created my perfect TI3 game, which we had, which is the game that Basil and Ippo were arguing about, the morality (laughs) of Hippocrates. I thought that was an amazing TI3 game. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I'm not opposed to expansions. I like expansions. It's just with our group, it's more likely that they're going to want to play the base game. And if a game, if it's just a, a case of factions or more stuff without extra rules, I will 100% pick up that expansion. So, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. Actually, I think that the, uh, I would go for an expansion if I think that the expansion makes the game better or if i have played the game so many times that i need something new to add to be added to the game that's the basic that's what most people and this has happened to me only once with Catan when i bought citizen knights and it was really nice to play something quite different but Uh, again that lends itself to you were playing the same game multiple times in a short period of time exactly so that's really when it because if you bought citizen if, if you had a new group that had no idea what Catan was for some reason, because Catan's an intro game, so you have new players. 
Would you teach them what cities and nights? No, never. You teach them what never, just yeah. basic Qatar. Of course. So that, that's why in our group it never made sense. But again, 27% of the games to be expansions in, in a collection. For me, yeah. it's it's yeah, that's uh, a lot. It's I huge. guess when people like games. They want everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's the collector's uh, yeah. uh, thing. And uh, now it makes sense for to me that uh, I see so many expansions coming out every year. Yeah. Uh, okay, going to the most common mechanics versus the community. Uh, Byron likes a lot dice rolling. No. Which is, yeah, his collection has surprised. twice <laughs> the games that should have on average. And should he have. also... I'd he like also, to disagree with that. And he also likes player elimination. Byron doesn't He's, fit on this podcast at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, Just because I own them doesn't necessarily mean I like them. <laughs> player elimination? What? Some what of those games I can't get rid of, even if I'll try. <laughs> Who's your favorite president? Sorry. No, Byron, JFK? you do like dice rolling. You love dice rolling. I mean, Because you doesn't? roll well. I've never met a person... The role's better than you. Well, you should see me on the on the. Do you remember on the, the one tables. time you had a really bad rolling day? We were playing Fortune and Glory. Oh man, you it was were so bad. such a grumpatron. After so you started rolling bad, you were so <laughs> fucking like like upset at the game, and you're like, "This is what I go through every time I play." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, because Byron will always be like. I'm gonna roll the dice, and he'll always roll well. So <laughs> I'll I'll take that count, but any day. <laughs> so for Elias and Dima, their favorite uh, mechanisms compared to the community average is area majority and tile placement. I love tile placement. Fuck. And I love area majority. The reason that I don't have uh, many games is because you have all of them, <laughs> <laughs> and I used to and I used to play your collection. So I think that's the reason. Uh, my most common uh, mechanisms are trading Makes and sense. co-op. Yeah. Because of you and Lena. Lena yeah. 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 yeah if, I, if it doesn't fit in this podcast because of co-op. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the good thing about me and Dima is we can, no one can ever say we don't fit because we have the same collection. So, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> See? So, so you we hiding. always have somebody to back us up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my next stat from uh, uh, Nuno Sandro's uh, website is kind of uh, strange. Maybe it's wrong. It says that the average release year of Byron's games is 2011. Mine is 2009. And Elias's and Dima's is 2003. It makes sense. I mean, how many games do you have from the, what, from the I'll tell 90s? you, one of the games throws it off completely, yeah. which is um, Dutch Blitz. And Chess. June. It's from 19, we it's from 1960. We were surprised have, too. Do you have June, chess? June also brings it down. I do, but I don't. I don't add it to. Okay, Dutch Blitz is from 1960. And, okay, what uh, else? I mean, I have. I, I have Dune, which is 1980s, and um, 18xx have, maybe. And I have what did you say? 1830. Yeah, 1830. Dune. Um, oh, yeah, don't yeah. forget uh, a bunch of Reiner Knizia games from the 90s. Mm, um, so it he makes choose, sense. He chose from the 90s. So I do have a lot of games from the 90s, but I think the main ones that skew it are Dune and um, 
Dutch Blitz. And Dutch Blitz mainly, because being from 1960, it's an outlier. Mm. The most common release year of your games and Byron's games is 2016. Uh, yeah. Actually, Elias and Dima, they have 25 games from that year. Good year. I mean, I mean, yeah. Year. Do you have everything? I mean, <laughs> did you try to get everything from 2016? Yeah, they only My- release 25 games a year. It, actually, <laughs> if the only release 25 games a year, I would have every game ever made. In 2000, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe two, 2000, 2000, maybe 10 years earlier, how many games were coming out? Like 100 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, now it's literally thousands a year. Mm-hmm. But now it's thousands, yeah. My most common release year is 2018. Uh, 18? 18. Cult of the new, you're fucking uh, hotness boy. We were in Essen. No, it's Essen. Oh, it's the Essen year. Okay. Yeah, I have 11 games from 2018, but yeah, I was trying to buy everything in Essen. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. So, yeah, kids, probably. if you want to save money, I, stay home. <laughs> stay safe. Stay home. Uh, the average uh, value of a game in the community is $44. While uh, Elias's and Dima's collection average is $52. I <laughs> blame Kickstarter. It. It's Kickstarter and also collectible games. So Dune, the original Dune, War- World of Warcraft. Um, I have the original study at Emerald. And it's actually worth more because my copy is signed by Martin Wallace. So it's, uh, it's a lot more. Boom. So, Did you um, take a picture with this person? <laughs> I took a picture with the game, not with him. <laughs> He took the picture of me next to the game. <laughs> Actually, you have 21% of your games are uh, started as Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm better than Eugenio and AK. They're probably at 90%. <laughs> uh, uh, 21% is 38 games. You have 38 games f- uh, from Kickstarter, which is the community average exactly, 21%. I have only 16%. But Byron... He has 41% of his games from Kickstarter. <laughs> do you love Kickstarter, Byron? Yes. Do you follow? I mean, do you do you get uh, updates, what's coming up? Are you just... I mean, do you just... So why do you think Kickstarter? I do the news, Ippo? <laughs> <laughs> Never oh, think yeah. about it. Oh, you're right. I mean, I'm not doing <laughs> that. Do you just open Kickstarter and say, okay, let's see what's, what's new there? Yes. I do that. Wow. I would buy it. I think I, I'm afraid I would once, buy everything. One, once a month, I, I spend about an hour going through Kickstarter. I do that like once a week. Okay, I'm not as dedicated as Elias. Uh, Elias I have is 40, 47 backed board game Kickstarters. Oh, wow. Uh, but, I've, but I've sold so many of them. Like going through World of Smog, gone. Keyflower, gone. Seventh Continent, gone. Uh, Secret Hitler, gone. Escape Room in a Box, gone. Uh, like a whole bunch. World Championship Russian Roulette, gone. What, what about Enigma Box? Days of box? Ire, gone. Leaders of Euphoria, gone. But you What's kept the Enigma Box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I turned that into Clans of Caledonia and Black Angel. Did so, you keep the t-shirt at least? No, I sent the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Who designed the Leaders of Euphoria? Um, it wasn't Stegmaier. It's the guys it, who did uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop. So he, ter- he did- you remember how like we had a terrible time, but yeah. I did love the little laser guns. They were so cool. It's literally and the reason I bought them. 
So I, the I like, not the love the laser guns, but the fact that it's set in the same world as Euphoria, which I think in one of our very first episodes I called like the best IP if yeah, it was an IP yeah. of any yeah. game. Like I'd like to see movies set in that world. So, so Stegmaier just uh, gave the name to to another designer. No, they licensed it. Yeah, they licensed. Really? It. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, it was cool, uh, but it's not a good game. Like, I bought it for quite a bit because it had like a bunch of nice pieces and stuff. I sold it for like ten bucks because um, that was the going rate. Like the rate had dropped so low. I, I don't know why, because Good Cop Get Cop is considered a good game. I just, I guess, I guess it just didn't translate. The leaders of yeah, Korea, so. something went bad. Okay, guys, so I'm going now to the most <laughs> common designer in your collection. I thought you were saying I'm going, like I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> My time's up. <laughs> so the most common designer is not, again, it's not really interesting in the way that, okay, the most common designer in Alias's and Dima's uh, collection is Stefan Feld. Yeah. Uh, you have... Uh, and I just ordered two more Stefan Feld games. <laughs> Really, that would uh, change the statistics. Bonfire uh, and Carpe Diem. Uh, so 8% of your collection is Stefan Feld, which is five <laughs> times more than the average. <laughs> I like Stefan Feld. <laughs> but what is, is more uh, exciting and amazing is that your Phil Eklund games is 16 times more than the average. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, designers are uh, Martin Wallace, uh, 5% of my collection and Cole Werle uh, both, of, both of them are 10 times more than the average Damn. and what is more exciting is Byron Byron has a, a designer this designer uh, holds the percentage of uh, Byron's collection uh, on 31 times more than the average <laughs> Byron would you uh, guess who is this designer? Not a chance. Uh, this designer is Max Temkin. Oh, no idea who that is. I do. He's the one who did um, Exploding Kittens, doesn't he? He did uh, Secret Hitler. Secret Hitler, yeah. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. This means you're, you, it means you're a bad person. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sending the picture of this guy right now to your uh, WhatsApp. <laughs> this guy is Byron. What? <laughs> he he's, like, he's like Byron 10 years ago, right? That looks yeah. nothing like me. He, he's a white guy who brushes his hair to the side. He looks like... Yeah. <laughs> He likes himself. He's a white the, guy with brown hair. Oh my god, this is amazing. Byron likes himself. <laughs> I, I just wanted to, to say this. Uh, one final thing about the artists. There was nothing uh, interesting, except that there is one artist in 11 of your games, Elias. Yes, and I checked him out. It turns out he just did like all the Euro games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. It's Harald Liske. Yeah. He did Castles of Burgundy, Puerto Rico, Power Grid, La Granja. If you think about it, the art is similar in these games, right? Yeah, it's like subpar. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's like all, yeah. It's all kind of not great art, honestly. Yeah. So. Not great, but, but it's 
I mean, it's pretty it's like clean. Functional illustration. Exactly, it's functional. Yeah. I mean, it's yes, very it's very easy to see how uh, yes. what's going on in the game. I was shocked mm-hmm. when I found yeah, because like he doesn't have excess. Like he doesn't and, and focus too much my, on illustration. Sorry, my second guy that was most of my games. I also didn't know him. Turns out he just did like all the GMT covers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So guys, I hope you learned something today. About about yourself, I I hope our listeners will yes, go. Yes, people thinks all white people look the same. <laughs> That's what I learned from this. <laughs> uh, I hope our listeners will go to dissector.nunescentro.com. Uh, dissector with a C. Anyway, the the link will be in our episode description. And please let us know. Please check out the BGG. Uh, uh, guild and let us know over our Twitter account at TT Sessions QA uh, how your collection stats compared with ours. That's right. I found out that I have a lot less Eric Lang games compared to the rest to of anybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just it's not just not my style, right? So it makes sense. But uh, there's some very interesting stuff. So definitely, everyone check it out. And if you find anything that sticks out, like you also have a lot of Vlad Achvatel games. Um, let me know <laughs> over on TT Sessions QA. Thank you, Ipo. Not only do I appreciate that, I appreciate the effort you put in today. That was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how interesting this is to our listeners, so let us know if you liked it so we can try to do more stuff like this. If you found it very boring and couldn't visualize it, you know, keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Let us know. So that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our Instagram account at tabletop sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT sessions QA or join the conversation over at our board game geek guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. Please rate us on iTunes or on Apple podcasts or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice. We'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Tabletop, Say bye, guys. Tabletop, bye, guys. Tabletop, I won by a lot. Tabletop, <laughs> top, tabletop, bye, guys. Tabletop, tabletop, top. Table, tabletop. Table, tabletop. Table, tabletop, top. Session.